Hello and welcome to a new episode of Project 25. <laughs> I feel like the intro is always very similar. <laughs> But anyways, thank you for being here. I'm very happy that you're here and I hope that you're having a great day wherever you are. Today I have a special episode because we are going to talk about our careers in our 20s. You see, I wanted to talk about this topic because last year when I was 25 and this year as well, many of the 20-year-olds in my life, friends, family members, acquaintances, made changes in their careers. And these changes were from switching jobs to find better opportunities or having side hustles or starting side hustles to pursuing entrepreneurism. So I think that this really is an age when, you know, we have this personal awakening on what we want and not want. And our jobs or careers, unless you're a trust fund baby, play a big role in our lives. So I think this episode was necessary. And yeah, for this special, I'm pleased to introduce you to Angela Nguyen. Angela is a growth-oriented, agile, and collaborative self-starter who is passionate about empowering people, whether they are job seekers, employers, or business owners, to unleash their potential so that they can effectively lead through change. She's curious, collaborative, and creative. And through working in over five different industries and in organizations ranging up to 20,000 employees, she has learned that these three characteristics are key to establishing report, trust, fostering a healthy environment for high-performing teams, and innovating. She has cross-functional knowledge in business, human resources, behavioral economics, leadership, marketing, and sales. And Angela is also a visible minority and recently launched a podcast series called The Leader Within, which is focused on the power of human-centric leadership and its impact on unleashing individual and organizational potential, specifically through the lens of a visible minority. The Leader Within explores topics like human-centric leadership, personal development and branding, overcoming biases, navigating change, developing resilience, and building community. So, After you've listened to this episode, I'm sure you'll want to learn more from Angela. I will add the links to the Leader Within podcast and Angela's LinkedIn on the episode description. And well, just to prepare you for this episode, we discussed advice for recent grads, transitioning from one job to another, spotting a toxic work environment, impressing your recruiters, being a person of color in the workplace, climbing the corporate ladder consciously, and so much more. I've known Angela for quite some time from previous projects we've worked together, and this conversation was like a conversation between friends. So, I trust you'll enjoy this episode. Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have of figuring things out. Being a 25-year-old or a 20-something is weird because it's fun, confusing, and exciting, all at once. <laughs> It's an age where we realize that maybe the goals we had for ourselves weren't really ours to begin with. An age of tons of learning and unlearning, and an age of frequently asking ourselves, what am I doing? And that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, and I created this project after hitting my quarter-life crisis. <laughs> I decided to look for answers and ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25 what has changed, what they've learned, 
and their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. There is a lot to live and learn, and I am a firm believer that listening is a powerful tool. Even if all the answers are within us, by listening to others, we can feel understood, but also reflect on ourselves, learn, and think about what we want for our present and for our future. Thank you, Angela, for being here. I'm very excited. <laughs> I know that we were just catching up a little bit. But again, thank you for making the time. I know it's a Saturday morning and you could be doing everything else, but you're here. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, no, thank you again. And well, just to start off, it's part of the podcast. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what's your age? And then what's your title? And if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. For sure. So I'm 30 and currently my title is HR advisor. So I was born in Edmonton, raised in Calgary. I'm a visible minority and uh, I've had a little bit of a squiggly line career. So anything from the nonprofit sector to bootstrapping startups to now working in an organization with around 18,000 employees. So wow. I've worked in over five different industries and yeah. It's a lot to learn. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But yeah, that's why you're here because I know that you're so passionate about what you do. And I was like, yeah, Angela will be an amazing guest. <laughs> so thank you. And also, like, I know you like media too. Like, you've done a podcast and you have a podcast coming up and, you know, with Hyper Magazine. So I'm excited about our conversation. And something that I wanted to tell you is that, you know, like in the interview, like in our 20s, When we're out of university, we have a lot of expectations in terms of our future jobs. And I want to ask, like, what are your, just like right off the bat, like already very loaded, but what are your recommendations for those who are just starting out their journey at work? And do you have any advice for the first or, you know, like the very first job right out of college? For sure. I would say build your relationships. Because I think there's only so much research you can do about passions, interests, etc. But it doesn't showcase the full picture of, okay, like what are the ins and outs of that role, that industry, that company, right? Online research doesn't always portray the holistic picture, only portrays the good side of things. Versus people, you can be like, hey, what do you hate about your job? Or maybe like, what's one thing you could scrap if you wanted to, right? And then on top of that, it's like, hey, based on my interests and my strengths, and then based on your day-to-day -day experience, do you think there'd be a potential fit? Or what should I evaluate? So asking those questions, building those relationships, I think will help you evaluate internally whether or not there's a fit, and then externally as well, where you kind of want to explore. And then with that comes experimentation. I don't actually experiment in itself then it's going to be hard for me to fully determine whether or not I'm actually interested in X, Y, and Z. So hopefully that helps. No, that does help. Thank you very much. And I want to ask you something else too. You know, you were just talking about like talking to people and how important it is and finding your strength and asking also people like what they don't like about their jobs, which is also, I think it's very important because we usually, like you said, especially with online presence, it's very easy to like think oh this person like has it figured out or like has the best role i know one time someone reached out and i was working she was like oh like you have my dream job and at that time i hated my job yes and because she will only see like the linkedin title right and i was like how do i tell this person yeah 
but I mean like I I was just and she asked like for some advice she I don't think she asked a lot about like how I felt in that position but you also like kind of like I mean you don't want to bash your employer like online <laughs> so yeah like I don't know I think what you're saying it's just very important and talking about you know not liking your job Yeah, I remember at 25, I quit my like first corporate job, which I had been like for a while. I mean, we spoke about this in the past, you know, like I didn't like my tasks anymore. And yeah, it didn't align with what I wanted for my future. And like, I remember too that my therapist, she said, you know, in our very first jobs, sometimes we have to take some crap. <laughs> You're just starting out and you have to put up with certain things that we don't like because, you know, they allow us to learn, grow our careers. You know, you may not like this job right now, but that helps you out to build the experience to work in another job, right? And yeah, I think it's true, but there's also like a limit. So how can we identify hostile or like toxic work environments or colleagues? And what are your recommendations to deal with this or when it's time to say goodbye? For sure. I actually worked in a pretty toxic environment. I think it was the first time in my career where I was waking up with nightmares. I remember being on vacation and I constantly had to check my work emails and everything, even though like you have an out of office and it's kind of like, hey, respect my boundaries. But that wasn't the case, right? It was more so, oh, I kind of need this done and you're the sole person responsible for this. Therefore, I would appreciate that you followed up with me, right? And I was just like, well, that doesn't kind of sit right. And then I think it was the camel that kind of broke the straw or whatever that saying is, is that my boss at that time had broke my trust. So I think what I realized is there's a difference between tasks that you're like, man, I wish I didn't have to do it versus it being like my mental health and my overall being is now negatively impacted because I think there's a fine line between that where you're like, I know I have to put in the time for this versus I don't want to show up. I feel like crying. I feel like lashing out. Like I'll go home to my family or my partner and I'm just in a crabby mood, right? Yeah. Like you'll, you'll start to notice like the differentiators there, right? So I think as you, you said, like at the very beginning, go into any role expecting that you're going to have to put in the time and put in the grunt work for maybe administrative related tasks that you're like, man, this feels mundane. I don't want to do it again. Versus being like, man, I can't trust my boss, can't trust my coworkers. I'm waking up with nightmares because I hate it. My body feels it, right? That's the difference is your body just like every hair stands up. That's the differentiator is what I noticed. So yeah. No, thank you for sharing your personal experience too. Just waking up with anxiety. And then when you switch, which has been in like in my case, your life quality just like in one moment, like from what I remember, like from one week until the next one, I just noticed the difference. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so used to be like in survival mode. And I was like, oh my gosh, the work doesn't have to be so hard. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> No, thank you very much. I also wanted to ask you that a lot of people in my age, including myself and friends and family members, quit their jobs for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, lack of growth opportunity or, you know, we were talking about toxic work environments, overwork and other things. And sometimes these decisions are accompanied by fear of uncertainty or like no, not knowing what decision to take and that causes like a lot of anxiety and stress. So from your HR experience and like personal as well, what do you recommend for the transition from one job to another? 
I'm actually working that through that with my therapist, right? Because I think growing up as a visible minority, a lot of our decisions stem from, okay, what is the financial potential? Because most of us grow up with a lack of opportunities, right? Or a lack of resources. So for me, I'm like, any decision I've made in my career has been so calculated and less risk aversive as a result of it, right? And I think one of my, the things that my therapist had said, it's like, well, you have time to take calculated risks. So what does that mean? It, it means identifying what your values are, right? Because your values and what you are passionate about and the purpose that you ultimately want to fulfill can be fulfilled in any environment, right? It's then identifying, well, what does that environment look like? Do I care about that work-life balance piece, right? Do I want to be able to disconnect? Or am I like, no, like I don't mind working like five to seven days a week because like that's just what I thrive on, right? So there's that piece of it and then it's evaluating, okay, so based on those things then, who can I meet that can kind of, is, is maybe one to two steps ahead of me that can kind of shift perspective of how they got there. And then I translate that into my specific context, right? Because that's a, that's a huge thing is that because your context may not be exactly like your situation. So then from there, you can be like, okay, like right now I have a job or I may not have a job. I'm looking to switch to X. These are the gaps that I need to fill. And then this is how I'm going to fill it. So in that way, it's a lot less intimidating for you, right? Figuring yeah. what you need to fill in. And then the other piece is transferable skills. I think people underplay that a lot, right? Like sales, for example, people skills, translatable in anything you do. Yeah. Understanding people, anything you do. Customer service, anywhere you go, any role is, it's essential, right? So it's just taking the time to identify, again, the gaps, uh, the opportunities, your values, your purpose, and then just... Uh, what it is that makes you tick and then finding the place so you can easily translate okay this is how i'm going to transfer my skills and experience to help you achieve x when you sit into that new job interview or whatever it may be yeah 100 percent. and you know like you said right skills are transferable and you know i feel like work accumulates so like everything you do it like in your life just accumulates and it's gonna serve a purpose whether you thought the job like whether you liked your old job and like whether your old career is completely different from what you want to do next all skills are transferable all work accumulates and experience so yeah thank you for for saying that so important Yeah, and I was just gonna say like that is where that whole diversity, equity, and inclusion piece comes in because you bring a creative lens that someone who's been in that same role or same company for 10, 15 years that doesn't have. So sorry to jump in again, but I'm like, yeah, you no, that's okay. No, 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 it's a conversation. (laughs) Okay, perfect. No, thank you for saying that. And then if we want a new job, like you said, what are your recommendations in terms of? looking for new opportunities. I know you just talked a little bit about, you know, looking at what you value and talking to people who are already where you want to be, learn how they did it, but apply it to your own context. But I don't know if there's anything you want to add. For sure. So if you have the luxury to do informational interviews, I would say do it. And what I mean by luxury is if you're not in a position where you're financially struggling and have to take whatever comes up first, right? Because I'm I'm very aware of that, right? So if you have a job and you're like, hey, I'm looking at other opportunities, if you can figure out who the hiring manager is and or who your potential peers are, I would recommend interviewing them, going prepared with questions, right? The reason being is because Interviews are a two-way street, right? You want to evaluate if that's someone or somewhere you want to work with 
versus if it's potentially, hey, it's great on paper, but it's not for me. Yeah. Right? But also go prepared with doing your homework. Understand yeah. what are they in the business of, right? Understanding, okay, what are they potentially struggling with based on whatever press release that they're putting on? What mm-hmm. problems are they trying to solve? Yeah. And then being able to pinpoint and say, hey, these are the experiences and skills that I have. And I think that I can help you in blank ways, right? So that's what I would recommend. Thank you, Angela. I think, yeah, it does really make a difference when you kind of like do your homework and start learning. And like you said, even like press releases and what people are saying about them on like social media or not what they are saying, but what other people are saying. And even like Glassdoor. Like, I remember getting excited about, like, job openings, and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And then I will read their glass door, and I was like, no, I don't think it's the right fit for me. Yeah, and sometimes, like, when companies pull this, uh, post the same role over and over and over again within a short period of time, that's a red flag to me as well. Ooh, I have some stories. Oh my oh, god. Tell, tell me one if you have time. Yeah. I mean, this organization that keeps posting and posting and posting because they have a very high turnover rate because apparently the staff there are extremely toxic and people go in and live there without self-esteem. That's what I've heard from, like, I can't say names or anything, right? Probably off the record, but... But because I know that you posted something about how like it's recommended for like standard to not you know to not bash your employer when you're doing an interview because when recruiters ask this question about why did you leave your previous job and like people are hesitant about sharing information but I know you posted something about like no I want to know so I can warn people to not go to those places and it's interesting because when I was doing the Spanish interview about you know your career in your 20s the recruiter she told me like I mean I will recommend not to talk stuff about your former employer because between us like we know all the tears (laughs) and I don't know how it is like here maybe it's about the same you will tell me. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a way to do it in a constructive and tasteful way. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a difference between saying, oh, man, that was such a shitty place to be or, like, whatever it may be, right? But then it's like, hey, like, you know what? I think you'll thrive if you value blank. But if you operate better in X environment, I would think about it a little bit further. So oh, there's wow. a difference, again, yeah. right, between packaging it as a opportunity and it's contextual you can evaluate on your own versus straight up man that was just shitty right so yeah yeah Yeah. and i actually i want to know like why do people why do they ask like oh why did you leave your previous employer so for the most part i think it's to gauge whether it's a performance potential related decision from their end whether they're uh, potentially a job hopper because it's it's the flavor of the month for them that that's why they're potentially switching for because they're bored right so uh, I think those are some of the factors that influence that decision and then there's also genuine curiosity right because Uh, if someone's like, you know what, I'm leaving because there's a lack of growth opportunities and I notice that your organization is bigger, this is how I want to contribute. And then as an organization, you can also evaluate, okay, do I have enough work and do I have enough opportunities truly to keep this individual engaged so that it's worth their time and our time and resources as well? No, that's interesting. I've always been curious. I'm like, I don't want to tell them, like, I don't want to be uncomfortable and tell them that I've been like in dark places. But anyways, 
I mean, I am still very thankful for everyone who has given me an opportunity to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that we just chatted about informational interviews and we then, we kind of deviated a little bit because I, you know, brought it up. But in the pursuit of a new job, like what are some tips and tricks that you will give people um, so they can get their job? It was more like, well, this question was more like to impact recruiters and get the job, but because you told me like, oh, I'm not in recruiting. So, but still like from your personal experience and from what you've learned from other people in HR, like, yeah, in the pursuit of a new job, what are some tips and tricks to, you know, get the job? <laughs> I think there's three things that come to mind right away. One is build the relationships and communicate the value. There's a difference between building a relationship and communicating value versus here's my resume. If there's an opportunity that's a fit for me, please hit me up. It's like, no, I'm, I, I don't have the time of the day one to hit you up. And secondly, it's just that like, and who are you? Right? Versus if you're like, hey, I saw you post a role for that marketing position. I have experience doing X, Y, and Z. I noticed this about your company as well. Would you be open to a conversation? Those are two completely different approaches, whereas yeah. one is a sense of entitlement and one yeah. is more so, hey, are, are you open to chatting? And then it gives the other person permission to either say yes or no, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing, because if it's not the right fit then, you never know when they're going to keep you in mind, right? Yeah. Uh, the second thing is actually do your research. So I can't emphasize enough, like you can find anything and almost everything about a company online now, yeah. right? Whether it's Reddit, LinkedIn, if you're in tech, like there's certain threads on um, Slack, whatever it may be, different communities that you can go into. Uh, understand what it is that they're trying to achieve, where they are with their funding, or what is their biggest pain points, or what they're most excited about, and then be able to communicate how you're going to align with that if you are in alignment, right? And then the last thing is, I would say, build your brand. So Andrea, I think it's amazing what you're doing with your podcast right now, right? Because it puts you in a position where it's like, okay, Andrea can build relationships very well, right? Look at all the people that she's been able to source as a guest for her podcast. That's not easy, right? To get someone to do something with you for free yeah. on their own time. You're a one-woman show doing all the production, right? So it shows your ability to understand, okay, how do I research what software is best for my workflow? How do I be productive and manage my priorities efficiently? And then be able to also publish it in a timely manner where I can not only promote the guests that I have, but also promote the overall project that I'm working on, right? So a lot of that is translatable into things that you can do in the workplace in itself. And then it gets you top of mind for people. Because I think sometimes it's like out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. What you're doing is you're adding value with everything you're putting out there versus a traditional ad where it's just, hey, I'm grabbing your attention, I'm grabbing your attention, I'm grabbing your attention, but there's no sustenance to it. It's not catered or tailored to that target audience, right? Okay. So if you're about to switch, be like, okay, showcase your thought process, showcase your thought leadership, showcase your skills in ways where it's case studies, whatever it may be, and then put it out online. And then that will capture attention if you can get in front of the people who you're ultimately trying to target. But even to get in front of them, it just starts with building relationships, engaging with them. So that's yeah. that's the three things that come to mind right away. Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. And yes, thank you for telling me that. I didn't see it that way. So now I, 
you know, like, <laughs> and I think it's um, very important too, right? Like what you said about out of sight, out of mind, because I don't know if this is a woman thing, but I remember, you know me from like a couple of years ago and, you know, like I had a dessert blog and then what else did I have? Just like freelance articles and I like doing the things, but sometimes I will struggle to promote that because I was like oh I don't want to bother people like I don't want to be that person you know like I was kind of like embarrassed about the relentless self-promotion and some people call call it like shameless self-promotion you kind of don't want to be like that person but I remember like I did an internship and I met this woman and she was responsible for a lot of relationship building and getting her brand out there I, I will see her and I really admired that about her, you know, like she had this confidence and putting herself out there and talking talk about her projects. And I was like, wow, like I wish I, like maybe I wouldn't get at that level, but still like I can learn something from her. And I thought that my time was very valuable and I will, I will speak with other people and like some men will say like, there's people that just do like a lot of self-promotion. And I was like, you know what? I feel like women are very shamed about doing self-promotion because men do it but it's like oh yeah ooh, he's he's awesome did you see what he's doing he's so cool but if a woman does it it's just like oh she just wants attention you know and i don't know i think that for me i think it's probably more of a systemic issue but what you're saying yeah you know like put yourself out there it's so important and i think i kind of kind of even like with this podcast like i've been doing a lot of like social media and i remember one of my friends she asked me oh and are you doing any advertising for it and i was like no like i want to grow organically you know because one of my favorite podcasts in spanish it grew organically and it has like millions and you know it's very valuable content and i was like you know if it's valuable it's gonna grow and it's gonna do well and blah 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 but recently i saw the flaming hot cheetah movie i don't know if you've seen it before <laughs> You should, but like, I really recommend it. Spoiler alert, you know, he created this really cool product and he wanted it to do well, but you know, he didn't have a marketing budget and like it wasn't being promoted. So how could people love it if they didn't know it existed? So I think that's very important of the part of put yourself out there. And I'm also like, maybe in this era, it's not like super very welcome, but like I do say like, you know, if you work hard, like, people will notice and I know it also like you know there's like some privilege to it and yada yada it doesn't happen magically but I went to see it and I spoke with some of the students and one of my former managers she's at SAIT now and she like invited me to talk with her students and that was really cool and something that I noticed is that just like being there the people that stood out to me were like the people who were there like before class and stay like after class and ask more questions and seem more engaged and i said like you know it sounds cliche but if you work hard people will notice and they may be able to recommend you if they ask them if they know someone like i don't know let me know what you think <laughs> yeah i think that's a really good call about the working hard piece and even the whole notion of man like i feel bad when i put myself out there right i think Part of it is, again, growing up, like whether it's a woman and or visible minority, you just taught to be more quiet, right? You just go there, you work hard, you show up, you're accountable, and then you go home. That's all, all you really need to do, right? Mm -hmm. We're not even taught 
to talk back or ask questions, right? Because yeah. it's considered impolite or whatever. Maybe yeah. you get reprimanded for that. But what I realized, especially working in such a large organization and being in the business space for a while there, I realized like you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't have the right individual sponsoring you, yeah. endorsing you, whether it's from a customer or someone who's already in that space, the hill that you're gonna climb is much steeper than someone who had the privilege of all that set up for them. Because yeah. I think what, what some people don't realize is when it comes to success, and I'm not successful by any means, right? I but, do think you're successful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your kind words. But what I, I realized through all the interviews that I've had on my podcast with executives, etc., as well, is that they're like, you need sponsors. You need people who don't look like you to sponsor you, especially if they're exactly, <laughs> especially if you're not there already. And then the whole piece of you need to understand what value you bring because you do have value that you're bringing to the table, but what is it and how do you translate that? So that's going to be applicable to no matter whether you're switching jobs, you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, and or maybe you're just trying to get your professor or teacher's radar at school, right? And, yeah. and being able to stand out as that student to them, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think like you're on the money with that, but it's just really remembering bring, uh, building the relationships, building a brand and staying top of mind because I think that will make you the hill that you're climbing a little bit less steep. Yeah, no, thank you for that, Angela. And... Something that I wanted to address too is that in our 20s, sometimes we realize that, you know, like a lot of, well, I love communications, but I know, and I'm lucky that way, but I know that a lot of people realize, mm, like this career isn't what I expected. This isn't really the path for me. They maybe chose it to please other people, family, or, you know, um, I think that's pretty common, especially um, in minorities too. So what are your recommendations for those who want to switch careers but don't even know where to start they're like you know i don't like this but maybe i don't even know what i like yeah i would say maybe start with that self-reflection piece of understanding in the past when i've done certain roles or certain projects what part of that role or project excited me most like i would get lost in it for hours versus other things i was like man like that's sucked and it just felt like time dragged right so i think that self-reflection piece is really important and then it goes back to the whole value thing like am i in this because i'm like i want to make sure that the income potential is fairly lucrative am i in it because i know that oh like timing wise because there's certain jobs where you can go in at 7 a.m or whatever and maybe clock out at four but not all of that has the luxury is it the travel piece that i'm interested in right and then leverage whatever resources that you have around you because i think city of calgary if you're a youth there's uh, the youth employment center where they have career counselors right if you're with an employer usually there's like efap right employee family assistant program oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. there's like career counseling there right and then they usually have assessments that you can complete as well and then the government of alberta also has uh, a skills slash job inventory where it shows hey like this is the income potential these are the general skills this is the general demand and then you can kind of leverage all three to be like okay that's a starting point and then don't forget to talk to the people People, right because there's the ins and outs and then they can maybe give you a little bit more context related uh, advice based on your situation as well thank you <laughs> and it's good thank you for sharing those resources i'll add them to the link description if they have a website to the episode description because i think it's important that we know this kind of stuff sometimes we have no idea and they're very valuable too right and angela i wanted to 
ask you something too i mean i kind of like went over most of the questions that i had sent you but given our conversation i wanted to bring this up too i know that networking and relationship building is very common and very important right like you said if you want to get ahead you want to make your growth like less painful what's your advice for people who are like okay i know i have to do networking but how do i even start i know you just mentioned like you know send a message on linkedin or sometimes there are like associations that offer networking events even like at universities right sometimes like certain schools offer like oh networking night with this organization but i remember when i was at state i don't think there was a networking event for journalism but i remember when like i won an award <laughs> all the donors came in uh, with the award recipients and it was like a networking session and I was stood there and I just spoke to other students who had won awards because I felt so intimidated like I didn't even know where to start and, and I'm an extrovert but I don't know I just felt like how am I going to approach this person I feel like sometimes online it's easier because you know you don't have this face-to-face -face component like people cannot see you standing there awkwardly and like stuttering you know you can edit the message ask someone else to look at the message before you send it and it's still nerve-wracking because you don't know what people are gonna reply or not but when you're like in a networking session or you know you just hear someone in a common friend group whatever they say like oh i'm, I'm at this company some company that interests you or you see at an event, a speaker, and you really want to talk to them, what do you recommend? Like networking for introverts? <laughs> uh, I would bring it up to two parts because uh, I'm, I'm an ambivert, right? So like I can be outgoing and I can chat about anything and everything, but the other side of me, like if I'm in a large room full of people, I'm like inside, I'm like showing up, I'm like, this is kind of overwhelming, right? Because like, where do I kind of like start and approach people, etc., right? Mm -hmm. So. I would say if you're in a live event or you know you're going to go to an in-person networking event, one is figure out who's going to be in the room. Oh, be intentional with who's in the room so then you can do research on their LinkedIn or whatever social media profiles that they have. So when you go in there and be like, hey, like I noticed that you're working on blah, 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 or hey, like congrats on the recent uh, award or congrats on whatever. And then that will bridge the gap. And then they'll be impressed, be like, what the heck? Like, I, I don't even know who you are. And, and yeah. you knew that about me, right? So I think that's one piece of it. The other part I like to do is if I'm going to an event, I like to ask, hey, how can I help? Do you need anyone signing in guests? Do you need anyone doing coat check? Because then that gives me an opportunity to get a flavor of what's in the room, who's in the room, and who did I kind of like jive with that I kind of want to approach. Because you know, there's like certain people at networking events, they're like so closed off. You're like, why are you here if you don't even want to chat? It's just like, yeah, like you don't even want to be here. Why did you come? And, like, <laughs> yeah, right? and it's not like that always, right? Like I remember like witnessing some networking events where like the, um, you know, the professionals were very interested and very curious about student work, which I thought it was really awesome. But even there I will notice the difference between some students who are like very extrovert and you know they didn't have difficulties <laughs> you know talking about their work with others who were a little bit more shy or they were just like standing there next to their project waiting for someone to approach them so yeah like I don't know what are you <laughs> for sure and I would say you, you kind of touched on that too is that curiosity piece right because there's no point in striking up a conversation 
about something that you absolutely could give two Fs about, right? Like you want it to be like, oh, like using that project example or even career affairs, right? Like walking up and it's like, hey, that kind of caught my attention. Can you tell me more? Say more. Like that whole concept of keeping it open, I think takes the pressure off of you. Because I think sometimes when people go to networking events or like, they're more concerned about what to say versus what to ask. I was like, if you can oh. ask great questions. Yeah. That That's will a good one. Yeah. yeah. But when it comes to online, like you said, it's less intimidating because it gives you more opportunities to be like, okay, what do I care about? Where do I want to go? And then you can start looking up keywords or key titles for individuals. And then you just go into a prepared. You're like, hey, like, you know what? I'm currently at a position where I'm trying to understand more about this industry or I'm trying to do more for my career in this space. I noticed that you have these experiences or I noticed that you've worked in these areas. Uh, Would you be open to chatting with me so I can learn more? Right? So you're not asking for the job. You're not asking for anything specific. You're more so like, can you talk a little bit more about you, right? And your experiences. And people love that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As a podcaster. Yeah, I agree. No, thank you very much, Angela. And something else, there was something else that I wanted to ask you besides networking, but um, I think we've covered many things. And thank you very much for sharing that networking side and asking questions and how that's important. I do remember I did have a conversation with one professional that I think has done like such an amazing job. And yeah, like she told me like, no, like you're, you're doing well. Like she was like, you're on the right path. Like you're asking like thoughtful questions. And I asked out of curiosity about something happening in the industry. So I was like, oh man, like that's, that's good. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. I think I'm, I'm going back to it because every person is different. Every background is different. And I like that you approached tattoo when you were answering my questions, you know, there are certain jobs where you can just leave and you know, there are other jobs that you can have to stay in. But I think I do want to ask you because when we were talking about women, especially um, women who are part of a minority, you as a, as a woman who is part of a minority, like from your personal experience, what is your advice from the bottom of your heart and your experience as a professional, but also like us? someone who's working in HR, but as also like, as you, Angela. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that thoughtful question. I would say, uh, and I was thinking about this on the way here, is don't be afraid to prioritize you. Because if something were to happen to the people that you care about most in terms of their opinion and feedback, how would you proceed? Would you still live on the whole notion of what would they think? What would make them happy? Despite the fact that they're gone. I know that's kind of morbid, but I, <laughs> and I share that from the heart because you said from the heart is because I think for the last, because I'm 30, for the last 28 years, I've been doing everything because I was like, hey, what would make my parents proud? Right. They sacrifice everything to come from a war torn country to give my brother and I everything that they could. So why would I do anything to disappoint them? But I think it, it took depression and burnout for me to realize it's like, man, like this would be a shitty way of living if all I did was ever work for the sake of working and providing and what I thought would make my parents happy without them even putting that pressure on me. It's all internal. Yeah. Right. So I would say. Be okay with prioritizing what makes you happy that you could look back at when you're like 10 years from now, five years from now, 
and have no regrets because no day is guaranteed. And then from an employer perspective and a career perspective, no one will ever have your back the way that you would. So don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. And you're doing it, again, not in a way where you're tearing other people down, right? You're not doing it in, in a vicious way, but you're more so, let's say, from a perspective of no one's ever going to have Andrea's back as much as Andrea will. So what do I need to do to protect my well-being? What do I need to do to protect my time? And what do I need to do to protect my career, life, whatever it may be? understanding that I'm the one that has my back. I think if you can do that, no matter what path you choose to pursue, you may not regret it because you're like, the learnings that I got from it is invaluable. It wasn't a mistake. It was not a failure, but it was just another piece of data that I had to collect along the way <laughs> to live life to the fullest. Yeah. One more piece of data in the algorithm, in the, ma- know, right? <laughs> in the matrix. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sometimes you're like, hey, I didn't have enough data, but no. <laughs> yeah. I know I feel the same way like I'm just overloaded and it's sensory deprivation yeah yeah yeah, for sure and Angela no I thank you very much for sharing that I think that's very important because I've also like in my 26 years of age I burned out twice and you know what you were saying about your parents that they didn't even ask you to do that I'm sure they will be extremely happy with whatever you did like because what matters to them is that you are happy, right? For me, it's like, okay, the pressure was like, I left my family and my parents are paying this tuition and I will put a lot of pressure on myself and that just really cracked me down. But here we are. <laughs> but I wanted to ask about that too because this is a podcast about career and I feel like in the society that we live now, there is a lot of emphasis in career and achieving and climbing the corporate ladder and if people want to climb the corporate ladder i feel like as long as they do it in a conscious way that's totally fine but for others who want to get these achievements and want to climb the corporate ladder you know just to make your parents proud or maybe like as a way to find some value uh, in yourself because that's what I did for a, for a while too so like what's your take on seeing your job as a source of income and go home and do other things because I was talking about this with the, with the other uh, recruiter uh, from Mexico that I feel like we've been fed this idea that all your satisfaction in life has to be found in your career especially when you're in your 20s so i wanted to ask you about what's your take on that (laughs) yeah i think that's a very scary and i'm still working through this myself scary pressure to put on yourself to tie your career success to your identity yeah your career into your self-worth exactly Right. And then I think this is where the whole notion of the, the podcast I'm starting is called the leader within and, and figure out what does it take to unleash the potential of individuals and organizations. One of the things that I'm most passionate about is helping individuals, especially visible minorities, redefine what success looks like to them. And success is how does all areas of your life come together? Because when I'm at my job, I will do my absolute best to do a great job. But I also have a very realistic perspective that I'm disposable at anything that I do. And I think that keeps me humble and it keeps me realistic that, okay, 
if I know that I'm disposable there, what am I doing to make myself marketable externally? What am I doing to take care of my health? I think a lot of individuals, they think of like, oh, I'm gonna climb the corporate ladder at any expense or I'm gonna pursue success, financial success, mon- and objects, right? Things like tangible, yeah. things like that as success. But if your health is crumbling, what is all that worth at the end of the day? Yeah, even, yeah, or like this praise or because sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, like I have this and that, but what's the point? (laughs) And then that leads to like some crisis and yeah. So that's why I said like climbing the corporate ladder consciously. Yes, and I think that's where you can kind of evaluate as long as you're doing it consciously, you understand the why behind the decisions that you're making and you're doing it tactfully and you're doing it in a way where you're just not on like autonomy, I think it's easier for you to look back at yourself if you reach that burnout point again, if you reach a state of unhappiness, you'd be like, all right, okay, well, at least I owned everything along the way Um, versus just like kind of going with emotions and then you're like, man, like same thing over and over again. And you're even more unhappy, right? So I think, yeah, I would say be very careful not to tie your identity to the success of your career or your job. And then be conscious of defining what does success actually look at, look like for you in a very holistic way. Because at any moment, there's certain things that can just be pulled. Like that whole notion of like that rug is pulled from under you at any time. Um, I think it was one of the biggest things that I learned during the pandemic, right? So Yeah, yeah, all the layoffs. And yeah, that was something. Oh, well, this has been amazing. Angela, I love speaking with you. <laughs> and I just want to ask you before we go... Is there anything else that you like to say that you think it's important and I didn't ask you? Well, thank you so much for doing this. I think there are a lot of individuals out there, even like now for me, it's just really figuring out, okay, is this career still for me, right? What what does next steps look like if, for example, I get laid off, right? Like these are all things in my mind or like if I have aging parents, what should my next steps look like so I can make sure that I'm prepared for that, right? And through that process, like it's easy to get lost so or it's you're just coming out of school it's easy to get lost so having podcasts like this where you have conversations people with lived experiences i think is invaluable so huge kudos to you for for doing this thank you very much i really appreciate it angela also where can people find you and i know you have a podcast coming up you also have a podcast from 2020 yeah so if you can tell us a little bit about that yeah like where can people find you if they want to learn more for sure. Uh, LinkedIn is one of the best ways to stay connected. I've been very active on there, um, even though I haven't been actively posting because I'm just kind of like ramping up for promoting my new podcast series yeah. that I'm starting. Uh, you're absolutely correct. In 2020, during the pandemic, I started a podcast called The ABCs to Becoming Highly Sought After because I wanted to find a way like to help individuals understand what does it take to land your ideal opportunity when it comes to things that are within your control. And then this time I'm starting The Leader Within. It'll be launching at the end of uh, September and it's more so focused on, okay, what does it take to unleash the potential of individuals and organizations through the lens of a visible minority and then with a focus on leadership and uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. So yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share this episode with your friends or with someone who may benefit from this conversation. You can also rate the show and leave a review and follow it on Instagram at project25.podcast. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who does, 
feel free to email me at andrea.project25 at gmail.com. You can also send me your comments and suggestions in case you want to see someone here. And that's all from me. Bye-bye.